This is Popscast, Lakeview Christian Center's podcast for dads. I'm Nick Missios, coordinator of Lakeview's Pops Ministry. Every month I'll be sitting down with other dads discussing how we can better practically love and lead our families and talking through the highs and lows of what it means to be a dad. On this episode of the Popscast, I sit down with two guys named Ben, Ben Derensburg and Ben Osinek. We talk about the importance of exhibiting patience as a dad, including how being patient can help us to be dads who build a family culture of play and adventure. So without any further ado, here's the Popscast. Welcome to the Popscast. This is Nick Missios. I'm your host. I'm the coordinator of Lakeview's Pops Ministry for Dads, and I'm here with a really confusing duo of guys because they're both named Ben. Uh, I'm going to start with our speaker from this last week, Ben Derensborg. Welcome to the Popscast. How's it going, man? Good. Uh, ben, uh, tell us your dad credentials. So who's your, who are your people? Um, well, I'm married. Okay. Uh, my wife, Jennifer. Amazing. Um, been married for nine years now, and okay. we have uh, three kids, six, four, two and a half. Okay. Gotcha. Henry, Walter, and Katie. Um, awesome. Tell me, what is the most, I always ask guys the daddest thing about them. What's the, like the most just stereotypical, I'm such a dad thing about you? I, I'm going to go with the, the contents of my garage. Yeah. Uh, I do not have a car in my garage, but it is full of, uh, tools, recreational equipment, and probably, uh, almost every scrap of lumber from any project I've done the whole time we've lived in this house. So you don't have a car in the garage, but if you had like MacGyver a car out of what's in your garage, you probably could. We might, yeah, we could, we'd be in pretty good shape. Ben's <laughs> an engineer too, so I, I don't doubt him. I bet he could. Um, for fun, I brought another Ben Ooh. on the Pops cast. Uh, who, to make it even more fun, is also married to a Jennifer. So, Ben, give us your dad credentials. Yeah, so I'm Ben, and I'm also married to Jennifer. Not the same one. <laughs> Different Jennifer. Uh, we've been married for almost 14 years. Um, my oldest son, Tate, just turned 10. My daughter, Mila, is 7. And my youngest, Kate, is 5. Uh, I remember when Ben and Jen, this is Ben Osenak who just talked, Ben Derensburg was before that. I remember when Ben and Jen showed up at church, uh, they're like, oh, this is Ben and Jen. And I remember thinking, oh, we already have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't order another one, but uh, I'm glad you guys showed up. Um, so, uh, and then what's the daddest thing about you? Man, I was thinking about this for the last few minutes since you mentioned you were going to ask me that. And uh, I... I can picture my dad oftentimes falling asleep while reading to us. Yeah. And technically my mom did as well. We just, we have like book narcolepsy. And so um, I would say that's definitely one of my regular qualities is I will um, fall asleep in random places around the house with an open book. But the caveat is that now that two of my kids read, I will ask them to read to me. And I'll fall asleep. Damn, yeah, that's, a, that's a serious life hack there. It's amazing. No, I, I know that feeling. We talked, I talked about with Ronald about read aloud last time. And I love reading aloud to my kids. It's important to me. Um, but I've had times when like, I'm laying there and I feel like all the book will hit me in the face <laughs> while I'm reading Emmett to sleep because he just like he just outlasts me sometimes. Um, back in the day when I would just read to him by himself. So 
Uh, that's a very bad thing. I think falling asleep while you're reading, or really just falling asleep in any random spot, is a good bad thing. So, um, anyway, uh, now that we're done with the the introductions, I, I'd love to get to talking a little bit about what you talked about um, in your talk this past month, Ben, which is patience. Uh, first of all, I appreciate you stepping up and and talking to us about this topic. Like I said a few times leading up to this, it's a topic that I've seen you uh, execute with your kids really well. Um, I've watched and admired how patient of a dad you are with your kids. Uh, I joked that not only situations where I'd want to like shake my kids, but situations where I'd like want to shake your kids. Um, <laughs> but you're just like totally, I don't know. And maybe that gets to my first question. Is that is that just how much that is you? How much is nature? How much that is nurture? How much that is you're just an innately patient guy, and how much that is is a discipline you've grown in over the course of the last, you know, kids and marriage probably accelerate that a lot, you know. So, um, I don't know. I was just thinking more of uh, there's what what for for everything that uh, you see or all the all the instant all all the quote unquote successes. There's plenty of failures, or there's definitely room in my heart for, I mean, I can think of, and maybe this is, I think it's definitely magnified or, you know, brought more to my attention since uh, Nick asked me to do teaching. Uh, Patience, yeah. (laughs) It's funny how that works, right? Yeah. um, I'm like, uh, okay, I did a couple, uh, there's a couple of things that happened today that uh, I wish wouldn't have happened, and uh, I, I... had to apologize to my four-year-old for something I did yesterday, um, and he forgave me just immediately. But um, na- yeah, um, I, nature versus nurture. Uh, I, I'd say I, some of that probably is my personality. Um, but I'd, I'd say that there's just just to go back to what I was saying. You know that I see it in my heart. Um, I think it can be a cop out for us to say, "Oh, it's my personality," like, yeah. or say, "Oh, that's his personality," um, like, "Oh, I'm just, uh, I'm a hothead," or that guy's just so chill because, like, you guys, <clears throat> excuse me, you guys can, um, you guys can say, "Oh yeah, Ben's just laid back," uh, but I'm not. Like, I'm, I'm living with myself. 24 hours a day and I see when I'm not and I know when I'm not and I'm convicted when I'm not. So, so it's just, it is, it's something that, you know, regardless, you know, of whether or not I'm a laid back guy by nature or non-confrontational by nature, which I think I do have a little bit of that, but, but that's only certain situations. Um, I can be very confrontational um, in other situations. Um, so I, I think all that um, points to like what you said, called nurture. Um, I'd call it, you know, more of a, um, just a discipline and self-control uh, pursuit, pursuit of those things to where it is something that you just have to step by step, day by day, um, Take it, as it, take it as it comes and, you know, let the, let the Lord help you grow in that. And it's just, it doesn't matter 
doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're you know doing a great job or doing a terrible job. It's you know a, that's not uh, as relevant as okay a willingness to start being honest with yourself and walking that. Yeah. No, and I think even like what you said about being non-confrontational, you know, the other side of non-confrontational is, is timidity. And I, I say that as somebody who is also very non-confrontational. So there are times when I need to be more confrontational, you know, and there are times when I need to be not less patient necessarily, but where I need to be more proactive, you know, and patients can tend towards passivity pretty easily, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right that, that there is, there is an element of it that I, I think I'm, I typically a more laid back person and more non-confrontational, kind of like you are. Uh, but I also see the moments where it comes out in me, and uh, and it can point to some some idols, and we'll talk about that, you know, in a little bit. Um, ben, I would say you're pretty you're a pretty laid back guy. Well, we're just three laid back guys here. Um, uh, Chilling out. Yeah, you know, do you, you know, do you say? Would you say that you are? by nature, a pretty patient guy? Is that, is that uh, you know, is that an area that you struggle with a lot, that you've had a lot of growth in, or is it more like kind of fine sanding the, the, the little bit of edges off of impatience? Yeah, it's interesting. I think I've definitely, it, it's been a journey for me to get to where I'm at now, and I've got a long road ahead of me, but um, Jen would definitely tell you in the beginning, of knowing me, I was not patient at all. Really? I was the opposite of patient. And I would say probably the first several years of having kids, that was really something that I struggled with. Um, and I don't know, just in the last few years, I guess they've, they've just worn me down or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, but they, uh, I, I do think that there's been a lot less sort of outbursts or like, just kind of general annoyance and something has shifted in my response and perspective of probably the Holy Spirit doing some convicting and me doing some listening um, has, mm. has been a part of that for sure. Uh, yeah. Would you say it's been a gradual process? Was there a big come to Jesus moment where you're like, man, I'm a jerk or um, has it been just kind of slowly rounding out? Yeah, I, no, I think it's been more of a slow thing. I just really didn't like mm. being aggravated all the time. Like, it just wasn't wasn't attractive. It wasn't something that I wanted to be. And so I think God's just helped me sort of weed that out. And I mean, it still certainly pops up, but sure, less often than it used to. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've become less patient over time. I think if you'd ask me, maybe it's just that I've had to become less patient. Maybe my impatience has just had more opportunities to to grow and to show itself in some ways. So part of why I roped you guys into talking about this with me because I need to pick up some pointers. Um, it's easy for me to. There's some situations where it's easy for me to be patient, but I can look at things with my with my kids where I step back. You know, you, you kind of like you talked about having to apologize to Walter today. We're just like, I look back and I'm like, man, there's just no reason for me to be impatient in this moment. Where you kind of have that 
that's that Ebenezer Scrooge moment where you step out of yourself and you get a chance to look at yourself and you're like, what what am I even doing right now? You know, where it's like, I, you know, um, so yeah, I'm, you know, it's it's a struggle for me. It's a hard thing for me. Where they used to would have told you, I'm a super chill guy, and you know, I don't really get angry. I've noticed it growing in me, and it's you know, it's a concern. You know, it's I think a lot of areas where sanctification has done great work. You know, God's doing some great work. Um, and helping me to grow into adulthood. You know, I think the kids are great for growing us into being adults. And sometimes it's a matter of showing us the sin first and then kind of working on it, like you said, kind of happened with you. And maybe I'm kind of at that point where we're going to actually start to get better at this thing instead of just seeing what a what a knucklehead I can be so often. Um, Jen was definitely influential for that with me, uh, just kind of pointing out my sort of natural tendency to be way more laid back with, with one kid over another kid yeah. and definitely had those tendencies and you know she would point that out and and that kind of helped me to level the playing field for everybody and um, I think that was really helpful having that second person looking at it and yeah accountability. You're old enough, you have a ten year old. Have you ever been had the opportunity, quote unquote, of being like called out on your impatience with one of your kids by one of your other kids? Oh, they do that Almost daily. Um, I've only gotten it a couple of times, but man, I feel like the worst human being. It's like my 10-year-old, at probably eight or nine at the time, can see that I'm being a jerk right now. <laughs> like, she knows how to handle the situation better than I would have, you know? Um, I don't feel that bad anymore because it happens so often that they're like, Dad, your, your voice is not very patient right now. And so it's, it's instant accountability. And, and uh, yeah. I think that's a testament to... Uh, you teaching them what patience is, though, yeah, sure. and having that vocabulary in the home. Yeah. So they, they, they're recognizing that. So that's, that's good. I think patience is one of the things that's, you know, more, more caught than taught, as they say, you know. Um, so it means that you've modeled enough good patience so that when, when you are impatient, they, they see it, you know. And I gave them permission to do that because I knew the more the more people keep an eye on me, yeah. <laughs> maybe the better I'd shape up. But yeah, I definitely that was a conversation that we had. It's like, look, I call you guys out all the time, but I'm a, I'm a sinner too. Y'all hold me accountable. Yeah. Um, do you guys have particular situations in which it is more likely for you to lose patience? Yes. Yeah. What's, totally. What's yours? I don't, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd have. Uh, I'd have to think about maybe putting me on the spot. Um, yeah, I guess it's uh, probably this is more like uh, conceptual, but if it's something like where I'm being, I'm being inconvenienced, or mm-hmm. what I want to do is getting delayed, yeah, or or, or interrupted, um, I'm going to be more impatient or you know i had had plans for this um you know i had plans for this saturday morning or i had plans for this thursday afternoon and things aren't uh falling into place then i'm gonna i'll be more impatient if we're if it's just like um back to the dinner table example like well i mean we're eat dinner and then we're gonna fool around you play play around and wrestle after dinner and then get ready for get the kids ready for bed, and there's the that's our itinerary. So, <laughs> you know, somebody 
dumps out their chili, then we'll clean it up. It's not like uh, we've got anywhere to be. And so that's so are like, I'm, I can, I can, ex- I can, I can be patient with that. Yeah. Like, doesn't really affect me. Yeah, I gotta clean up the mess. But, uh, but yeah, I think I, I would say, I would say, yeah, yeah, there are different, different, different situations. I can be patient with. Like there are some situations I can be more patient with. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I think the first one that jumps to mind is if I see them being like unkind to each other. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I can just sort of like, like, I don't know. It it brings out a lack of patience in me for sure, just because I feel like it's saying something about what's inside them. You know, that's coming out in their siblings. And, yeah. You know, that's not the kind of people I want them to be, and that was. So you model that. I just repeat it. Yeah, I just jump in. I jump into the pit. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I definitely resonated with Ben's uh, table, dinner table conversation. Although it sounds like he finds a place of zen at the dinner table. I, I, uh, if like the kids are, my kids are in the complainer phase. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, I just I like every kind of food, so I don't relate to that at all. Yeah. So it's that's a place where I get to opportunities for patients. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you use, I think the spilled milk analogy in your talk and, and it's like, that's one of the situations that I know, like there's literally like an idiom. Yeah. Yeah. Don't cry over spilled milk. Right. <laughs> so like for me, I, that's, I feel like that's not a, it's not like a big game situation, but we're like, I know like this event happens. It's a very clear event. And I know this is one of those times you're not supposed to yell at your kid. So I'm fine with that. Uh, it's the little things along the way that pile up. You talk about your after dinner routine. For me, after dinner routine is a big deal. And because I've got an itinerary, like mm-hmm. we eat dinner and then, you know, there's, you know, there's straightening up to be done. There's, you know, then I want to read to the kids at a certain point in time and then they go to bed and then I get to like clock out, you know, and, and I love, I mean, like I said, I have a whole half a podcast last time about, about reading aloud, it's a big deal for me. And I can notice that, that oh, you know, we talked about this a little bit, when when we become impatient and angry when our idols get threatened, right? And so I can see an idolatry in that, like I'm the dad that reads to his kids, and it becomes such a big deal to me that that's what I do, that when that's threatened either by the timing not working out or like my kids being like overly antsy or kind of, you know, uh, stirring too much, not paying attention, being overly talkative, instead of where, you know, I can use that conversation and, and engage in conversation with them, it becomes this thing where like, guys, you're ruining my moment, you know? And so I can see my idol being threatened and how that pulls the the impatience and the anger and the irritability out of me, you know? It's it's gnarly and ugly. <laughs> Experience that too. I wouldn't say that I've, it's a, as much of a, a priority for me in, but yeah. Reading, reading the books to the kids at night, but they're just interrupting or putting their hand over the paragraph that I'm trying to read. I'm like, okay, come on, let's uh, finish this book so y'all can go to bed. And I, yeah. I do find myself getting impatient <laughs> there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but what are you guys reading to your kids right now? I'm just curious. What do y'all, what's, or Jen uh, who does more than read aloud, or do you do more than read aloud? They, well, like I said earlier, they're reading to me. <laughs> <laughs> they have a giant stack of books. He like, falls asleep. And yeah, the reason I get impatient is when they won't read to me, and I need to take a nap. Yeah. Uh, 
No, uh, they're they're reading to me quite a bit right now. So, um, yeah, big books, little books. They they read hundreds of pages. I feel like a day. They do find accents and everything. <laughs> no, they need to work on it. They're kind of boring. Kind of boring accents. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, what about you? Do you read like just is it picture books? You read a few like each. We're time? mostly in picture books right now. Um, we're getting into a few chapter books with our six year old, but um. So we've got this awesome Dr. Seuss book that's got like oh, ten nice. books in one, and then um, a friend gave us, I think it's like Arch Arch Press Arch Series Bible Stories. Okay, and that's again. There's about I can't remember the exact name of it, but um, it's some it's some fun fun take on some Bible stories. And these books were published I think in like the mid '60s. But they're good. Um, they're they're faithful, faithful to the text. You know, they follow. Oh, the, good. They're they're biblical. Um, yeah. But it's but they also like most most of them rhyme. And so okay. again, back to the Doctor Seuss. Those are the ones I like to read. The ones that rhyme. <laughs> like we got some rhythm here. This is fun. <laughs> it's gonna keep me awake. Maybe. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but that's what we're doing right now. Along those lines, so. One of the things you talked about, you you made kind of a connection between patience and expectations. So, talk about how you manage realistic expectations for your kids, and and how things go sideways when you don't. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like an awareness thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, and uh, just kind of being being a student of of, of, of that, like, you know, I need to, I need to pay attention and take notes on kind of where they're at developmentally. Yeah. And that's probably different for every kid. You know, not every six year old is going to be the same. Boys and girls are different. Um, so, so there's that. And just like, I guess an example would be, uh, Henry and I were playing, um, Playing some, uh, playing Chinese checkers after dinner tonight, and it's just me and him, and he's like he'll he'll grab one of the marbles, and he he didn't know what to do with it at first, and he finally got to get the hang of that, and like you can move one spot or you can hop over one, but uh, every now and then he would like accidentally drop one and it goes rolling across the board, and he finds it and he puts it back where he thinks it was, or some, or like accidentally moved one and didn't notice and then he finally did like a big time he like like flicked three of them across the board at once three or more and i think he realized at that point he's like okay um now i'm going to just take all the colors and put them on the ones that they go so he just like i think he realized he messed up the game but he's like over it and he just wants to put them all and on the, put all the colors on the colors so point point there is uh you know just observe like what your kids are doing um and try try to try to kind of pay attention to what they're capable of i guess what you know things like that what's going you know if it's just something for you know entertainment value you know like what's what's on their level um things like that yeah so i think that would really help you help help you kind of tune into some expectations 
and what they're capable of. And that goes like that goes a little further too. Um, and this is a little bit of a different topic, but um, when you when you're working on discipline, um, it, it's a judgment call so many times. Uh, and we've had that conversation. We've had that conversation in our house a lot. And it's like, okay, it's a, uh, what are they capable of? Um, right. And, and so you really, so that's going to help you in a couple of categories. It's going to help you in the discipline category. It's going to help you in the patience category, just tuning into what they're capable of realistically, like yeah, just honestly what, what that is. Yeah. Um, I know that. Yeah. And not, like you said, it's not just per age level and per, per gender, but even like kid to kid, like uh, this is not a, not a, an obedience issue or anything like that or character issue, but um, when my oldest Evangeline, I never had to teach her how to hold a pencil. She just picked up a pencil the right way from the first time she ever talked to one and just knew how to write things, okay? Um, Addicts came along. The first time he held a pencil, he grabbed it. I wish you could see my hand right now. Upside down, like thumb pointing down, full fist grip. Caveman was trying to write and was struggling with it, obviously. And so I was like, oh, I forgot you have to teach him how to do that. Like, I got lucky with this other one, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's important not to import what's standard for one kid as an expectation on the other ones, you know, because yeah. they're all going to have their own strengths and weaknesses, right? And you may just have, like, one character issue that you're working with a kid on and be like, man, this kid struggles with in this area. Maybe it's, like, responsibility, picking up after themselves. And what's par for the course for one kid is, like, a huge success for that kid. And so um, – and also what's easy for one kid might be really hard for them. And so – Maybe not putting the other kids' expectations on that kid so that you're able to appreciate where they're at in their just weakness and in their their just natural bent, um, you know, and not build this super kid in your mind that has like this kid's interpersonal skills and this kid's memory and this kid's reading ability and, you know, this kid's ability to, to take care of themselves. Like, you, you you can kind of create this like super kid in your mind that like is all of your kids' best characteristics and also that guy's kid's best characteristics, you know? Yeah. Instead of loving them who they are and helping them develop who they are, you know? Yeah. I think another another thought too, while uh while we're kind of going down this path, uh and this is um I'm totally, totally stealing this from Pastor Peter and a marriage marriage retreat that he he did uh several well yeah. Uh, several years ago, <laughs> get close to ten years ago, was uh, you know when when there's uh, some kind of conflict or whatever you want to call it, um, if there, there if, if an issue arises where there's a disagreement between you and your spouse, it's probably going to be one of three things, and it's going to be um, like it'll be it it could be sin, could be a sin issue, um, it could be just differences in personality. Or it could be a weakness that that person has, and so uh, if it's just a weakness that that person has, um, okay, it may or may not be sin, um, and, but you should, you know, help them walk through that. Um, if it's just a difference in personality, well, that's 
that's a wash. Yeah. Um, and if it's, if it's sin, it's sin. And then again, back to, well, you know, we're called to help them with that. And so I think we can, uh, use that kind of to help us think through with, with kids too. I mean, you can use that with any relationship, but with our kids too. Um, so it's, it's, it's not always they did something wrong and they need to be disciplined for it. Um, it's just, they're people and they're not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's easy to forget that. Like yeah. They're just little people. And yeah. They're not as good at hiding their sin as we are. Um, yeah. And they're, they're made in the image of God and they are, you know, honestly, probably farther ahead than I was at that age. It's easy to, to forget that, you know, I had to have that talk with Evangeline, my oldest, couple days ago, it was yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, where I was just like, look, this is like, you're moving, she's 10, you're moving into adolescence, it's going to be hard for you, it's your first time ever doing it, it's your only time ever doing it, and it's my first time ever parenting somebody through it, so we're both just kind of scuffling along here, trying to do our best, and like, let's just, let's give each other the benefit of the doubt where we can, and try to move forward, and, and believe the best about each other, and you know, and forgive when we need to forgive. And that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's huge. Um, thoughts by now? Just something that jumped to my mind when Ben was talking about, you know, um, kind of understanding where kids are at and, and obviously like the sin nature that's at work in them and, and showing them patience and not having some expectation of them being perfect. And just made me think of, of Jesus and how, you know, we, a lot of times in our conversations can, can sort of like rag on, on the kids a little bit, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the things they're going through and the, the hassle, you know, but like those kids that Jesus like welcomed, they were just as messed up as our kids, but right. like he saw them and he, he like saw something so valuable in, in those kids and you never see him like calling the kids up to like correct them for their you know, messed upness, right. and he just like enjoyed the life that was in them or the simplicity. You know? Yeah, um, that, that's a that's such a good point. It's a good segue because you know, and I think these these topics are related. Um, one of the reasons I want to have both you guys here because if you said, yeah, I remember sitting with my wife as we were driving from Alabama to New Orleans and thinking about topics I wanted to cover in Pops. And and some of them I thought would, would merit like a full Saturday morning talk. And some would just be great just discussions. I think that would just be helpful to have and to listen in on. And one of them was the topic of just play and and having fun with your kids. And, I, you know, you could probably stretch it into a full 45-minute talk if you wanted to, but I think it lends itself better to a conversation. Um, and so if you said, all right, this is a conversation. Who do you want to sit down and talk about this with? I would have said you two guys, like right away. Uh, these guys play with their kids. They play with their kids better than I do. They play with their kids better than anybody I can think of. Um, so part of this is just me sitting down with you guys and being saying, teach me your ways. Um, That's how, dangerous. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so you want to be childish. <laughs> and, and, you know, like what Ben said, I'm sure what Ben D said earlier, I'm sure there's plenty that I'm missing. 
right? I'm not, I'm only seeing the highlights. And, you know, <laughs> you guys aren't aren't posting on Facebook. Uh, you're not really on Facebook, Ben. But Ben, you you've always got sweet videos of your kids doing jumps on their bikes and stuff. But you're not posting on, on Facebook the time when Henry was like, "Yeah, let's go ride bike." And you're like, "Ah, I'm just going to go away, right?" Um, I guess my question is. Uh, how, seriously, how do you do it? Like, what? What's? Is it a mindset thing? Is it a? Is it an intentionality thing? Kind of a patience question. How much of it is just, man, I love this so much, and how much of it is, I know this is so important. Um, what? What? What leads to these great moments of play that I see you guys have with your kids? Yeah, for me, I mean, I would say it's both of those things. Um, You're naturally childish. I am absolutely. <laughs> Naturally childish. I mean, in a in a big group of people. I mean, not not you know, trying to you know, bad mouth the grown ups, but like you know, it's it, it can oftentimes be more fun to like run around with the kids. And, uh, you know, it's kind of mindless fun. You don't have to think too much. But uh, but no, like that. that's something I think I've definitely inherited some from my my dad. He yeah. he's always, uh, I mean, he is also very childish, and but he's very much like whenever we're talking about sort of the seasonal life, or whatever, he's just like enjoy it. You know, this is yeah, this is this, and I had that realization a few years ago. Like this is the time that people look back and say that was the best time. Yeah, you know, and like. I don't want to look back and think, I wish I'd have said yes more often. Yeah. You know, because like this is the time when they're like, you know, come play. We want to, we want to be with you. And I hope that maybe saying yes now will lead to opportunities to do that all throughout life. You know, um, if I'm the, the person in their life that's saying yes to things like yes to bedtime stories or yes to, you know, throwing my hat at him when we're running around the playground or, you know, play with something. Those that haven't seen Ben work, uh, if there's more than like two kids around at any given point in time and, and you go on for about, you know, any more than 10 minutes in that situation, Ben will be being chased around and wrestled and attacked <laughs> by kids and loving every second of it. And the more kids, the better. Like he, he loves like just 10 kids, just, just borderline assaulting him. Um, it's it's almost like it gives you life. It's like this. It's a crazy thing to watch because I just look at you like, man, that looks fun, but man, that looks exhausting. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it's it's really impressive to watch, and I think that's a great perspective to have. Just like you know, at some point in time, you're gonna play with your kids. Like you know, it's like this really the really sad thing. It's like you're gonna put your kid down for the last time and never pick him up again at some <laughs> point. You know, uh, which is super sad, right? But like enjoy this one because it might you know you never know um ben you're more like like i said i always admire when you've got your kids on their bikes and skates these skates or scooters and bikes mostly scooters bikes yeah. right now yeah motorcycles <laughs> that's yet the dirt bikes and the dirt bikes are going to happen um is that something you like intentionally place a priority on yeah um yep yeah, I guess so. Some of it's been just uh, kind of fell into it. Um, I think, uh, um, I, well, I, the, I know um, the Robaskis gave us a hand-me-down balance bike, and that 
that uh that kicked it off but i'm i'm a i like riding bikes uh so it probably would have happened anyway yeah but um that um that maybe have made it happen sooner and i you know just saw they they were having fun with it and so just tried to encourage uh encourage that so um yeah that's kind of kind of how that your goal is to when they're teenagers be riding bikes with you you know, up oh, here wherever. Definitely, yeah, um, and yeah, yeah. So kind of, kind of similar to what Ben O was saying, um, and maybe just to like take that a step further. Um, you know, part of it is just um, maybe part of, of part of my personality or my disposition is just you know having having fun, being playful. Um, I do like you know, getting out there with them and setting them up to do some of those, mm-hmm. some of those things and showing them, you know, showing them different things you can do with just a, a couple of pieces of wood. Uh, but also, um, I would, I'd say like, if I have a, if I had a vision and I don't know that it's like, I'm not really a vision type person, but, <laughs> uh, but if I had a vision for this, um, it would be honestly though, it would be, um, you know, I would like to, you know, lay, lay, be laying the groundwork for, you know, not just when, oh, when they're teenagers, us going on mountain biking trips or whatever, which I would like to do, but just, um, you know, having stuff like that being part of their lives and just kind of, you know, building, you know, helping to foster relationship. Um, you know, as opposed to it's like, okay, well, you guys can have, you know, you guys have fun doing whatever you think is fun. Uh, for me, it's bonus points because it's like, okay, I'm going to get them kind of like, uh, get, get them to try out some of the stuff that I like doing. <laughs> Live vicarious through them. And, you know, if they're going to, we can uh, share some interests, you know, that's a, that's, um, double bonus. But, um, but uh yeah just having that um having those opportunities to like kind of just spend time together and that um it, this is reminding me of something that um Aaron Vogel shared um maybe maybe not when he was speaking at Pops mm-hmm. um it, but he had he had uh he had shared on the same topic a couple of years ago in another there's another ministry that rhymes with Pops um, we, we, we don't compete with Bob. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I think I, I uh, my wife asked me to listen to the um, listen to the recording from when he spoke there, and I think this is where I heard it. But he said something that just that did stick with me, and that was, um, you know, we don't want to just like not be interested in what our kids are interested. In. You know, you want to. And his kids are they're, they're further along, um, sure. they're further along than my kids are. So it's kind of in the future. But he's de- dealing with a, you know, he's dealing with some teenagers now. And um, if anybody's listening and you have uh, kids in that age range, you you probably know better than me what what that means. But um, what stuck with me was you know just like being interested in their interests, or or more even not necessarily being even interested in their interests, but not like minimizing it or not just saying, right. okay, well, that's just some, that's just the kids 
some kids stuff and uh, that's just what the kids are doing these days and shake your fist uh, <laughs> but at least you know give them kind of the the um the the common the common courtesy of uh you know you know valuing kind of what they're interested in it's like that's when you get to that age again i don't have kids that age <laughs> right. but i'm gonna guess um when, when you know when your kids are at that point in life you're not going to get much traction if that's your if that's your attitude so and i, yeah. I know we kind of veered maybe we veered off the <laughs> topic that's really, that's really good um, I, you know and and i think what you're also doing if you're starting to shape their interests you know you you have some influence there, you know, while, while they're young, you're, you're planting seeds, but they're all, it doesn't mean they're not going to grow up and love something else that you were planning on them loving. Um, it's a mosquito sprayer driving down the street. Yeah. My so kids would be like going nuts right now when they want to go to the window and or go outside and <laughs> oh, see yeah. it. Breathe in the sweet fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have a chance to, to influence what your kids enjoy. You know, my kids love board games because I've played a lot of board games with them now. I wish I, we had a good season where Emmett was still taking naps pretty much every day. And so when I had a chance, I'd play with the two older ones while he was napping. So tricky with the age gap, find something that everybody's enjoying and also, you know, is able to play. It's a, it's a tougher, you know, tougher window to hit. Um, but like, there's, so there's a dad up at the front of my neighborhood. I live in like a one street in and out neighborhood. And there's this dad up at the front that, I mean, 80% of the time you drive down the road, he's playing catch with one with his kid. Um, and I don't know if he's a good dad in any other way. But I'm like, man, that dude's consistent. And his kid's going to grow up remembering that, that his dad mm-hmm. played catch with him, you know? Mm-hmm. And you talk about your dad, Ben, being a, you know, being an active, fun dad. Mm-hmm. And, like, it rubbed off on you, right? That's like, you're like, that was pretty awesome, you know? And I'm sure you would say there are things that you love that your dad did, and there surely say things your dad did that you wouldn't want to do the same way. But... You know, when you guys are modeling this for your kids, it's like you're growing your kids, you're growing them into hopefully being engaged, fun dads because because they 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 experienced it, and they know the benefit of it. You know, we we give our kids a taste of the good life as much as we can, uh, and they enjoy it. You know, and they say, "All right, I want I want my kids to enjoy this." Hopefully, I guess it's the game plan, right? It's one of the game plans. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think another another thing too, um, kind of in the, in 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 the same neighborhood uh, would be it's it, it's an opportunity for us just kind of kind of just to have fun because it's like um, just a you know whether it's you know go get a Lego set and do a Lego set with your kids um, or you know whatever it's um you, you don't have to like it doesn't have to be professional level yeah. like you don't have to be well i wouldn't say maybe skateboarding is not a good example i can't skateboard anyway so i was gonna say you don't have to be like tony hawk pro skater that makes it more fun to watch but yeah i mean um you could uh, yeah, that's you. You would pay for that, um, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, whether it's just like, oh, we'll just you know just play with a Lego set or play a board game or whatever it is. Um, yeah, we don't have to be like world class at whatever it is. Um, it's just it's gonna be about the time 
and you know whatever the whatever the subject matter is, whether it's something I pick out as the dad, or whether it's something that the kids have found interesting. Um, it's you know just just it, it's a it's going to be an opportunity to have have time and just kind of um, to again borrow from uh, something I heard somewhere before. You know we're we're, uh, we're 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 trying to you know win we're trying to win their hearts for Jesus. We're not we're not trying to just coerce them or um, mold them yeah. or anything you know like that. We're not trying to um, you know where there is while there's a place for um, you know discipline. Uh, you know we're we're probably better. Um, to focus on that aspect of it, you know, I'm trying to, um, trying to, you know, win their hearts for Jesus and, and, and just, you know, the time, the relationship that's gonna, you know, show them that care. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that they're going to, they're probably going to feel that. Yeah. yeah. You can edit this out in parts <laughs> if you want to, but it's interesting you, you're saying that it just made me think about how like right now at this season of their, their life. Like they want, they just want like your presence, you know, they just want to like be with you. Like whether you're like you're saying, sitting on the floor, building some with Legos, sleeping on the couch next to them while they're reading me a book, or <laughs> running around the backyard playing, whatever, you know, they, they want that, that engagement and that presence and, and like responding with like joy to do that. I was just thinking about how, like, what, what does that tell them about? who a father is, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, who does that tell them about who our father is in heaven, right. you know? And yeah. I just think that's kind of cool that God sort of bestows it on us to be part of the story, you know? So that, like, when they're 25 and they're reading about, you know, the father, like, they have us in their mind as part of that. intimidating. This is intimidating. <laughs> and it's definitely a cause for wanting to do better in patience. Yeah. But yeah, just that sense of man, my my dad likes me, you know, yeah. wants to be with me when I say, "Do you want to hang out?" Yeah, the one thing that I know that you guys both do a decent bit of, um, and I'm curious to hear how you guys think about it. And again, the intentionality of it is is outdoor adventures, doing things in the outdoor analog world, dirt under your fingernails type of stuff. Um, why is it important to you guys? Why is that? Like, why do you, I can, I can tell for both of you guys that, that being in nature is something that is important for you guys. Um, even if it's in the nature of your own backyard, that like really just like getting like finding critters out in the, in the dirt or finding a trail or um, why is that important to you guys? Um, I would, I'd say probably like, a big part of that has been just my like my personal experience, my own childhood. Um, I grew up like on the edge of a small town in northwest Florida. It's uh, called Defuniac Springs. Um, ben Ben's been there before. Knows a lot of people there. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's everybody's uh, it's Lower Alabama. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, there there was like I was surrounded surrounded by woods, and I just spent 
you know, I live on a street with houses, a uh, house on either side of me, but then if I walked across that street, like 40 or more acres of just this wooded, wooded area. And, um, it's like so many great memories from that. There was a, um, once or twice, I think there were like once or twice in my lifetime, they had taken a bulldozer around there and made this fire break. And I remember a few times also them doing a controlled burn. <laughs> and this is like, all, this is, it was technically in the city limits. <laughs> so I don't know if they, they don't do that anymore, but I mean, it's, it, it was controlled, controlled, controlled burn, but stuff like that. But anyway, so that kind of just to paint a picture of what this was. But yeah, I just, I remember for like my 10th birthday, I convinced my parents to get me a machete. And then I'm out there <laughs> chopping down, yeah. chopping down like these four inch trees with a machete. Yeah. And uh, you doing all the things that, uh, you know, little boys love to do. Uh, take a shovel out there and just digging holes in the woods and stuff. I just might have them out when you were little. You remember that one? No, but uh, George, because his boy goes out and lives in the woods. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was doing it. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, stuff like that. So just uh, um, cutting. We, you know, I had a few little trails cut through the cut through the woods that were. I've been back there, you know, um, you know, since then. a lot and uh yeah but you know more lately when i've gone back i'm like this is a this is a lot shorter <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember it being I, mean, I, thought, like weeks. I, I thought yeah I thought, you know i thought when i came you know th- down my trail through the woods and got to this little spot <laughs> that i was like deep in the woods and it was like maybe 30 yards off the street <laughs> uh, but yeah that's so yeah just um um doing a lot of that doing a lot of that growing up um, I you know try to continue to do those kinds of things. Um, Harder to do in the suburbs of New Orleans for now. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. I found a few spots. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, if you go over to uh, City Park, the Cooterie Forest, mm-hmm. it's right up right up a Harrison Avenue. Um, I don't know how to spell it. So, but yeah, if you're if you're listening, you just uh, you. Uh, go back and forth on Harrison Avenue until you, you know, like see this parking lot and there's this kind of rusty steel truss bridge that goes over the, goes over the water and that's, you'll know you're there, but yeah, little trails and stuff out there. That's a great place for kids to run around. My kids are loving that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, and so yeah, like the value in that, um, I see the value in that because it's kind of, you know, see how the kids respond. And, you know, I know like the, in the younger years, it's just good, you know, I think developmentally for them to have that hands-on stuff and figure out how stuff works. And the, I mean, they just love it. I mean, they love making mud and <laughs> finding yeah. rocks and sticks and it's like the simple stuff. Um, I just love it whenever they like, find a rock or a stick. I say I love it. So I don't always like, <laughs> sometimes I test my patience. Um, but yeah, when they find a rock or a stick and they're just like playing with that and having fun with it. And like, that's, there's something good there. Um, my garage you know, periodically fills up with found sticks that are very special. We've, we'll ride bikes up. So I live about half, almost exactly half a mile from the levee. 
uh, on the West Bank side. Um, and then another mile to mile and a half from the Huey Law. Mm-hmm. So if we if we ride two miles, we're at the Huey P. Take. Um, but my kids have found just before that, maybe like a quarter mile before the bridge, over on the Batcher side of things, the river side of things, they found this neat like bush. It's like kind of like hollowed out, so you can go and have like a little fort there. And I, I tell you what, I'm like, there's part of me that that it's like, I. I, I try not to be a helicopter dad. I want to be kind of hands <laughs> off, right? But I'm also like, there's a river there, you know? And I'm not worried about anybody doing anything to them. I'm just worried about them doing dumb things that you can't take back, right? Because there's a river and there's things that live in a river that are all right there. So I kind of want to, you know, not be not a helicopter, but maybe like a far off hot air balloon or something like that, you know, <laughs> where I'm kind of able to keep an eye. Um, but yeah, that excites me. Because I think about that when I was a kid. Like, we'd ride our bikes everywhere. We'd mm-hmm. go find random... I mean, I was in New Orleans, so we didn't have quite as big, you know, sections of woods you had, but go find the woods and just go, like, I, I can picture things that we built or things, yeah. you know, forts that we made or trees that we climbed, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, that's huge, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's really crucial. Well, this age, too, I think, um, we just did this this week, you can go, you can go hiking on a sidewalk in New Orleans. I mean, there's enough terrain there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, for the for those for the kids, just to um, you know find you know explore and you know just climb over and you know climb climb around on a tree, you know just hit up hit up the parks and stuff like that. Yeah, and and do whatever you know. I'd say to just do whatever is your speed. You know, again, we don't have to be pros. Um, necessarily in, in, in all of those categories. And I know not everybody is a big, a big fan of the outdoors. <laughs> so ease in, uh, so you don't have to just get off on the wrong foot with a bad experience and poison ivy or something like that. So yeah, just to ease yourself in. Um, yeah, we, we went for a little hike last week in Tennessee and it, uh, it, the hike ended with me in the bathroom of a Mexican restaurant, naked, searching, <laughs> searching my entire body for ticks. How fun! Fun. <laughs> so that was the downside of nature. Downside of nature. I did find four. So, four. So it was yeah. legit. It, it was, was a legitimate legit search. How did you? Uh, like, is that normal? You just always check yourself for ticks after no. a hiking trip, or was there? What happened? Where like, I need to really. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting at the table and Jen was like brushing Mila's hair or something and felt something and uh, looked and Mila had a tick uh, okay. in her ear and oh. so then I was like I'm, I'm out I was, uh, <laughs> go to the bathroom and did you tell her why you were leaving oh yeah she knew I was, she was, she was bad uh, yeah I had, I've had, I had one experience with tick as a kid I think it's the last time I did and yeah they're, they're creepy little critters huh? you know um, I shaved my head afterwards to see if they were on my head. Don't you always shave your head? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Coincidence. Coincidence. <laughs> this time it was it, it was personal. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. I know you guys do. Like I said, y'all do a ton of like. Y'all are always like fine. Your kids are always finding something in the dirt. Kind of, you know, it's just like, um, you know, I think it's a great point to, to creation too. Like, check out the diversity of the things that God made, and and even like the things that they become that are normal, even around them. It's like, it's like, 
it doesn't make it any less awesome at the same time. Like, there's dragonflies in your backyard, you know, every day. It's like, it doesn't make them any less amazing, you know, from a, from a divine engineering standpoint, right? Um, or squirrels, we're talking about squirrels doing obstacle courses um, on YouTube channels, but uh, that was pre-recording conversation. Um, but yeah, the things that we see around us all, you know, all the time, it's still like drawing your kids to the beauty that's in nature and the, and the awesomeness of God's craft um, is a great way to just kind of point them outside of themselves, outside of the house, outside of a screen, outside of um, what's, what's easy and safe and pointing them to, hey, there's a big world out there and there's some, uh, you know, there can be fun and adventuring there. It's a different kind of fun. It's a challenging fun. And at the end of the day, it's a more meaningful fun uh, that you're going to take with you for, you know, I don't remember individual video games played growing up and I played a lot of video games growing up. I remember hikes. I remember that time I found a tick on me. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, that's a part of being the fun dad, I think, um, is is pushing the kids' boundaries of what fun is. I'm like, you think this is fun? Let's try this. Let's, and challenging them to go and, you know, seeing what's in them, you know? And, um, yeah, that's, that's the stuff that, that dadding is made of, you know? Yeah, I think if we're willing to be humble and open to their, to like let their perspectives sort of feed our imagination a bit. Yeah. It's helpful, you know, like, like just, they, they see the world a little bit yeah. different, you know, and trying to move slow enough, I guess patiently enough to like not rush past that or see it as an inconvenience, but see it as like, this is actually like a superpower, you know? That, yeah. To see that lizard on the wall and think, I want to catch that thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We've talked, again, if you lately, if you pull the string on me and have me talk about dadding and media, it's not going to be long before Bluey comes out of my mouth because I think it's the best kids show I maybe I've ever seen. Uh, and that Bluey's dad is the best dad on TV. And I, Ben O, I've said, is pretty much the the personification of Bluey's dad, of, of, uh, of Bandit. Um, but... You know, I think what what amazes me is his constant ability to, you know, and, and in some ways it's superhuman because he's a cartoon character, but it's when his kids come up with an idea like, let's do this, to roll with it. Um, like you said, to let them, like to not stifle and try to over-control what they do. You want to be directive and you want to be able to, especially when they don't have ideas, push them. But there's something, I th- and I see you do this a lot too, where like the kids roll with something, they're like, all right, we're doing this. And we'll see where it ends up. We'll see where the plane lands. You know, it's a controlled <laughs> environment. Nothing's going to go too bad here. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point of, of what, paying attention to what your kids are interested in and what they, what catches their eye and developing that. So, you know, taking that theme and running with it and helping them see even more than what they saw. Yeah. Um, well, guys, it's been almost an hour. We've been sitting here chatting, so uh, and I know it's late. These guys came over. It's ten o'clock at night as we're recording this, by the way. These guys came over late after getting kids down. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate both you guys really coming out here and doing this. Uh, I'll let you guys wrap up. Any final thoughts at all? Anything we've talked about? Uh, or you can look at me just blankly and be like, I got nothing. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we talked about this before you started recording. Um, or since, uh, but I think you you mentioned like boredom and mm-hmm. 
and so we kind of talked about fun and we patience. Um, I feel like boredom is in there somewhere too. Um, and I guess I find I find around my house a lot. Um, and I don't know if this is just the difference between moms and dads and how kids relate to their moms and how kids relate to the dads, or if it's something specific about my personality and my wife's personality. But we'll find uh, so many times that um, if my wife is around the house with the kids, it's, you know, mom, mom, mom. Um, but uh, if it's, if if she goes and hides in the back of the house or she like, you know, goes and run, goes off to run some errands or something, um, I kind of just will ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the opposite of what we've been talking about for the last <laughs> temper, but yeah. ignore, right. it kind of like just let, you know, let their, um, you know, let, let that, you know, let them get over that boredom, that awkwardness, uh, let them suffer through that for a couple of minutes and then they go find something to do. Yeah. Uh, so, um, that maybe that's the kind of the anti-fun dad, (laughs) (laughs) but I think it's, uh, I think, I think that is something too, you know, we don't necessarily have to, we definitely, I mean, we're not, we don't need to just entertain our kids. Yeah. 24 seven. Um, it's, it's good. It's good for them just to, you know, find, find something to do and they're going to discover and learn and, uh, you know, have, they're going to have, you know, have fun that way too. Um, and, you know, that could be with some rocks or some sticks or, you know, just whatever they can find. But yeah, no, that's, we, we have officially like surrendered the entire like back of our house behind the garage to the kids and then like y'all do whatever you want to do back there just go i think you're right find that balance between being the dad who's like proactively telling them what to do and showing them and letting them figure out that's a you want to you want them to be able to play with you and you want them to be able to play without you those are both mm-hmm. really different but important parts of being a kid i think um uh, any final thoughts thanks for having us ever do this i hope that um We'll pay attention to what Ben said a couple weeks ago about patience, because I think it just, as as we grow in patience, then we also grow in just like joy, you know, yeah. and we enjoy this a lot more when we're not just aggravated all the time. Absolutely. Um, all right, so a couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, we have VBS coming up uh, next week, so it's an evening thing, which is pretty awesome. So it's next, so actually, depending on when we get this produced, I should probably give you actual dates instead of just like relative dates. So it is the 14th through the 18th. Uh, It's in the evening, which is pretty cool because uh, it means that for Monday and Friday are going to be kind of whole family things, kind of building community within the church. But then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you get to drop your kids off. And like that's like three straight date nights if you want to use those. And honestly, if you don't use one of those, take your wife on a date. If you're not serving in VBS, um, which, by the way, if you want to serve, please come help. Um, but it's a great chance to go take your wife out on a date with free babysitting for a couple hours. So do that. Um, then the following, not the next Saturday after that, the 19th, but the following on the 26th, we're going to have Pastor Ron Loitano talking to us about a topic TBD. And he and I have talked about a few things, um, but I'm excited about all the topics that we've talked about with, that I've talked about with him about doing. So it should be great. Uh, again, that's the 26th. Um, that is Saturday morning, 830, the usual. 
Um, those are the two big housekeeping things. Again, thanks to Ben D and Ben O for uh, coming out late and doing this awesome thing with me and uh, just sharing their thoughts about being fun dads and being patient dads and loving their kids well in those areas. So uh, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing you guys in a couple Saturdays. All right. Bye, guys.